All right, B-listers, you know the drill. This is your official spoiler alert for the episode. If you don't want any spoilers, stop the episode now. And if you don't care about spoilers, hold on to your seats because this episode starts now. Hi, Court. And hi, Bee Critics fam. Welcome to another episode of the Bee Critics podcast. This week's movie is the mother of all murder mystery movies. It's the blueprint for every murder mystery dinner party you've been to and is absolutely iconic. But before we really get into it, let's tell the people where they can find us. So you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all at Bee Critics Podcast. Hit that subscribe button and follow our Instagram for all the best movie content. All right, Liz, I think it's time to get into the episode. Our guest critic for this episode is Hayden. Hi, Hayden. Hey, guys. (laughs) So if you haven't guessed by now, Hayden is my husband. If you listen to the pod, we talk about him all the time. Um, He's one of our biggest supporters. He's a fellow movie lover, just different kinds of movies than what we like. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And we love hearing what Hayden has to say, and we know you're going to as well. So Hayden, with that, do you want to go ahead and introduce this week's movie? I'd be honored, yes. This week, we're talking about Clue. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) This was an interesting movie, but it is very fitting as the first of this season because it's, like Liz said, like quintessential murder mystery movie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I'll give the movie of the episode. Mm-hmm. Clue is the ultimate dark comedy murder mystery party movie based on the board game of the same name. It follows a slew of characters who are all being blackmailed by the same Mr. Body for miscellaneous egregious acts or crimes. All of these characters are summoned to Mr. Body's large mansion on the hill by his butler, Mr. Wadsworth, with the hopes of bringing Mr. Body to justice. Instead, the party ends with Mr. Body, among many of his home staff, dead, and the question becomes, who committed the murders? Where within the house were they committed, and with what weapon? Just like the board game, we begin searching the house along with the cast to find the answers to these very questions before the police arrive. Very strict timeline. 45 minutes. (laughs) Which they kept to, right? They did. (laughs) 45 minutes in is when the police officer showed up. Yeah. I was curious watching it if they were actually going to do that. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. movies that are filmed in like single shot and like they very early on like put a timeline on it. There's like, all right, 45 minutes. The cops are all right. OK, I've got 45 <laughs> minutes left of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if they kept to the 45 minutes, but they definitely kept. There was a point when they said 15 minutes until the police arrived. And mm-hmm. like exactly 15 minutes from that point is when the door opened and it was the policeman. Yeah. I feel like that's your okay. ideal movie, Elizabeth. You're always asking, like, how much longer do I have to sit here? <laughs> at least when, like, we're watching my movies. Like, I think, like, a timer in the corner would help you out a lot. So this one, they gave you a lot of time cues. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, like, it felt a lot longer than actually. This is, like, one of the shorter movies, right? And mm-hmm. it felt a lot longer. And I think the reason is because of the way the movie ended. Like, I thought it was done, and it was not done. <laughs> Yeah, well, so this movie... Oh, go ahead, Hayden. Oh, I was going to say, I, you're probably going to talk about it, but like the ending that we saw was not the ending of the movie if you like went and saw it in the theaters, which is kind yeah. of interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they did... I mean, you and I could have gone to two different theaters and you could have gotten a different ending in the theater, which is kind of crazy. Like if you go to see the movie over the weekend and then come talk about it at work on Monday, you could be like, I can't believe so-and-so did it. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not what <laughs> happened at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I also read somewhere that the theaters, because they had, so like each theater would play one of the three endings of the movie. Some mm-hmm. of them would actually announce before beforehand or like announce like which ending that they had so that people knew Mm -hmm. before going in yeah they labeled them a b c so they had like ending a ending b ending c so that you knew like okay i went and saw a like let me go and find b or c or whatever i think that was the 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 thought (laughs) 
what a weird premise. It reminds me of um, <laughs> you know that movie in Netflix that has like all the different options oh, yeah, for the, how it the could Black play Mirror out? one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Bandersnatch. Was it Bandersnatch? Is that what it's yeah. Yeah. But that one was like way more. Like there was it was kind of like one of those um what's choose the, your the own game? adventure. Choose yeah. your own adventure game. Yeah. I but used like to really like movie. like Goosebumps, those books used to have that where it's mm-hmm. like if you go down the hall, turn to page sixty three. Like if you stay in the room, turn to page fifty four. And it's just this chaotically mm-hmm. printed book with a million <laughs> endings. But yeah, it, it is kind of funny. <laughs> should we go ahead since we're like talking about the ending, should we just go ahead and say what it is? <laughs> Or no? Well, what do you mean? You just go ahead and say what happens. <laughs> well, they figure out who did the murder, right? But there's three different like options of who did the murder. So, in when you watch it at like your home, you get to see all three murders, like all three options play out. So, mm-hmm. in the first one, the first one, it's scarlet does it yeah yeah yep. by, by like the second one it was, there was just so much information i was like what is like who did what what's going on like, <laughs> i was really confused well and i guess is I, had, I had the question did you guys feel like it, any of them was like able to be predicted at all like based on the clues like in the movie leading up to it like i felt like i was watching it really closely like trying to pick up on subtle hints throughout the movie to figure out like who did it and i had like an idea of who did it but mm-hmm. by the end, I feel like it was like, oh, we're just have Wadsworth like rehashing everything that happened in the first hour of the movie and then like making a whole bunch of new assertions, like just yeah. giving us <laughs> random information that we wouldn't have been able to figure out. With Which of us wasn't clues. here? Like, <laughs> the oh, the communism thing... was the red herring. I'm like, what? <laughs> when did we talk about communism? <laughs> so Yvette was the murderer in the second option, right? No, Mrs. Peacock. They, oh, okay. In both, okay, in the very last one, they all had a play in it. In the middle one, it was Mrs. Peacock, and in the first one, it was Miss Scarlet. And, like, Yvette was part of it in all of them. Okay, I knew she was involved because, Hayden, to your question, like, they, I feel like they were giving clues that, like, she was related. Like, when they would go over and show her listening to the recording or, like, Well, she was the only one I thought, like, the cook thing was weird because it's like everyone's hanging out in this room. Who would have had time to stab the cook? And she's the and only why? one that's like not in the room. And then like as soon as presumably the cook dies, like she just randomly starts screaming. So I'm like, okay, like what in the world, Yvette? Like mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else could have killed the cook except for you. Even considering like the secret passageway and all that, it just felt like not super feasible. Like she was definitely, mm-hmm. I think you're right, involved in some capacity. And that's like one of the suspicions I had, but then still like, it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how she did all this other stuff. Like, she was goofing around in the attic with, like, uh, Department of State guy, like, when everyone was dying downstairs. <laughs> the muster- oh, Mr. Green. Yeah. So the third ending was where Mr. Wadsworth ended up being Mr. Body. Yeah. I felt like and- that one was the most believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they I were agree. all guilty. In that ending, too. They'd all killed someone. Well, when I was watching, like, Yvette had some suspicions surrounding her. But I was like, Wadsworth is for sure involved in some capacity. Because, like, right when Mr. Body died, like, if everything that they had said was true, like, Mr. Body's, like, been blackmailing you guys. If he just, like, turns up the first one dead, like, everyone's problem is solved. Like, everyone can Mm -hmm. just, like, go their separate ways. But Wadsworth was like, no, no, like, we have to solve this. I'm like, why? He was blackmailing you, too, theoretically. (laughs) Like, you're all, like, in the clear now if everything that everyone's saying is true. And you're the one that's holding everyone hostage in here. So there's something more with you. But I don't know. That that was the part where I was like, really? Like, it feels like it's solved. Like, everyone's weird problem got solved in the first five minutes. (laughs) I agree. He was super suspicious from the beginning. And Liz, I agree with you that it felt longer than that. So my question is, it's listed as an hour, 36 minutes. Mm -hmm. Is that with like one of the endings? So each one of the endings adds on a little bit of time? I don't think so. I think that's like, that's the total length. Yeah. The time listed with all three endings within, because if you Mm -hmm. watch it at home, they show you all three of the endings and they're like, they show one and they're like, 
Or well, that's one option. Like it could have gone like this. Yeah, theatrical was, was probably be. like an hour 20 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really short. Mm-hmm. So this movie is a dark comedy, a mystery, thriller. I don't know if it's really a thriller. I think it was just a dark comedy. Um, it's rated PG, which is hilarious because I don't think some of these jokes would make a PG movie today. That's but the first movie's... thing we said when it like listed yeah. out like why it was rated PG. I was like, this is what might make a movie rated R these days. R. Like, I don't think <laughs> yeah. it was an R, but it was like, it's got like sexual themes and crude humor and like all this stuff. I was like, PG. Oh. <laughs> but maybe I know PG-13 hasn't always existed. So maybe this was... Yeah pre like when you had to make the decision like is it a kid's movie or is it an adult's Mm. movie i don't know yeah i think it definitely was pre that distinction yes but also i feel like back in the day in the 1980s like people were a lot more lenient with like what was acceptable and not acceptable i feel i wonder if they just assumed that like the crude jokes would just go over kids heads probably i mean one of the characters like ran a brothel which is like i don't know how you like yeah. get around that as a theme <laughs> every single man would like put his face in yvette's breasts like they were just like obsessed with her <laughs> i mean they, they were kind of hard to avoid in their defense yeah. like they were <laughs> yeah. picking up like half the screen anytime she was on there <laughs> quite so a this movie's good from 1985, the pg-ness of it did not age particularly well like 40 yeah. years later but that's okay yeah. Um, it's a Paramount Pictures movie, and it's directed by Jonathan Lynn. How did they pick, like, sort of stepping out of the movie? Like, was Clue a really popular board game at the time that this came out? Because, like, you, I mean, the three of us are board game people. We play a lot of board games. And I don't know mm-hmm. what your guys' opinion of Clue is, but, like, in my mind, it's, like, the worst, most mundane board game ever. Like, literally yeah. just, like... Let me see how many squares I can move. I can never remember if I can move diagonally across the squares. <laughs> and like, I'm going to go room to room and just make blind assertions. Like that that's not a board game. That's like me at work. <laughs> so um, the game, the board game itself came out in 1949, like widely came out in 1949. And if you think back to like board games that were available in the 80s, like this one was probably one of the more complex unless you were playing like a Dungeons and Dragons style thing. Um, And I think it was pretty popular, but I also know that this film went through tons of iterations and the idea for it was conceptualized, I guess, years before anyone agreed to actually direct it. So I think people kind of strayed away from it. I don't know exactly how long. I can't remember exactly how long but it like went through multiple writers multiple directors before they found someone who thought that they had it the right way and then felt comfortable enough to actually put it on film yeah i guess it provides like because it's such a simple idea like it provides a very basic framework for just like you could really do anything with a murder mystery and like one thing that i did appreciate because i knew the game was that it was very easy to know which character was which from like the very start. Like even though there's like eight or nine people in there, like they everyone looks very different and it's kind of like a I don't know, an archetype of who their character is. Like the colonel looks yeah. like a colonel. Miss Peacock, <laughs> I don't know what she looks like. She just looks kind of ridiculous. And like <laughs> yeah. they have such simple, easy to remember names that like I usually it takes me like an hour to figure out like the main characters' names in movies. And this one I was like, oh, everyone's seated at dinner and I know who everyone is, where everyone is, so I can keep up with this. They introduced them multiple times. Like, they introduce them as they come into the house. They introduce them at the dinner table. And then, like, throughout, they're, like, constantly pointing at each other and saying each other's names, which made it really easy. It's kind of like Reservoir Dogs. No one has any name. It's just, like, you get a pseudonym to work with the entire movie. It makes it a lot easier because everyone looks different, different name. It's not, I don't know, it's not, like, ten white guys with dark hair all named like john or jack <laughs> okay so liz you really like the clue game like the board game don't you uh i mean yeah i don't think it's my like go-to but it's fun i i much prefer 
the like modern murder mystery party that's come out of it. I've only done one, but like, I don't know. It was very similar to this. I feel Hayden, you can tell me you participated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we, we did the murder mystery, I mean, it felt a lot like this, just a big group dinner party, even like silly. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it was goofy. Like it's not serious. I don't know what a serious murder mystery party would be like. It sounds terrible. It'd be awful. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of feel like I was just watching like a home video of like somebody <laughs> filming their murder mystery party. Oh, I, I was like, yeah. wait. One of the things I had written down was like a lot of it felt like I was watching like a high school play, like with some of the acting, yeah. like when they were like mm-hmm. drawing like matchsticks to like pair up and like someone drew like a one inch long matchstick and someone had like a 10 inch long matchstick like the just purposefully like comparing them like, oh, these aren't the same size. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, like, this is something I would see on the stage at Milton High School. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was, like, specific. Like, they wanted that style because it's supposed to feel, like, it's supposed to be silly and goofy and all yeah. the things. I mean, they succeeded in that element. I, I laughed out loud at several points through the movie mm-hmm. just because, like, that it was ridiculous. <laughs> so mm-hmm. silly. Yeah, there's the one part I think you brought up when like Mr. Body, I think it was Mr. Body, was trying to like get out of the house and Wadsworth like is like, you can't leave. And then he's like ready to break the window. And then a Doberman <laughs> appears out of nowhere. Like we'd already seen like two. The dogs or- were German shepherds. Yeah, we'd seen like Mastiffs or German shepherds like out in the front yard. And it's like, Wadsworth's like, ah, 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 you can't leave. And then a Doberman appears out of nowhere. <laughs> like The last we see of the Doberman, I was hoping that he would make another appearance. <laughs> I love that that just made... Mr. Body completely give up. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I lose. Like, can't get around that. <laughs> Yo, you were ready to shatter the window. You're not ready to, like, get past the Doberman. Like, come on. <laughs> so the director, Jonathan Lynn, he's known for, like, a few random comedies. Mm-hmm. Nuns on the Run, My Cousin Vinny, and The Whole Nine Yards. I have not seen any of those, so. Um, we've also got... A pretty like ensemble cast but it's probably a bunch of people you don't really know um i know a few of them not really by name but like kind of some of their more modern roles um mm-hmm. so you've got eileen brennan martin mill leslie ann warren tim curry and um, he's like probably one of the more recognizable characters he was in rocky horror picture show it and home alone too so his face is at least familiar <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, and then there's Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lord, Christopher Lloyd, and Michael McKeon. And Michael McKeon actually plays Chuck McGill in Better Call Saul, which is Saul's like older brother. And that's a pretty like notable modern um, role. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, overall, it has like a pretty large cast, like considering there's like a lot of people in it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, one like interesting recast. I guess I have two things to say. So Tim Curry plays the butler Wadsworth, which is like he does a really good job. Like, I can't imagine somebody else playing it, but he was like the third or fourth option. They had like already gone through people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then for Scarlett, originally Carrie Fisher was supposed to play her. Yeah, but I saw that. If you know the 80s, that was like when she was in rehab so she like entered rehab like shortly before they began rehearsals for this movie so she was obviously she wasn't able to participate but she would have been really good as scarlet i thought i i don't i think you just said the name i don't remember it but i thought whoever played miss scarlet did a pretty good job at it though Mm -hmm. i think it was leslie ann warren okay yeah i agree i think they did too um but i do think had Carrie Fisher been in the movie, it probably would have helped draw in a few more people mm-hmm. to come watch. Yeah, because um, she had just done The Return of the Jedi, like mm-hmm. right around the time of this movie. So, and this movie was kind of a flop. Um, so oh, it was not kind of a flop; it was a total flop. It was this, not. I mean, it almost broke even. I think. Yeah, it almost <laughs> broke even. So we talked. We talked about how bad. like. All the theaters showed different <laughs> endings. I think that irritated people. And I think so it, it confused people. I think they like didn't understand and they were like, well, like I don't get to see all the endings. Like why is it different everywhere kind of thing deterred people from going to see it. 
I mean, it's kind yeah. of like they designed it to be what it is now, like a cult classic movie. But like a mm-hmm. cult classic movie doesn't isn't supposed to just like come out and immediately be a cult classic. Like it's supposed to like be rediscovered or like turn into something like that. But by doing the three ending thing, I think you're right. People are just like, I went out to go see this normal murder mystery movie and like it was a little weird. It's a little quirky and odd and that's not what I was mm-hmm. ready for. But like, I think that's what makes it cool and that's why it's still talked about and celebrated. Yeah, yeah so I'm glad that you brought up like it being a cult classic because I saw um, like an interview with the director where he said that he has been known to show up to midnight screenings of Clue at like old theaters and he'll do like impromptu Q&A sessions with the audience while he's there. So if you're interested in that, maybe check out some midnight Clue screenings. He just like stands up and he's like, hey, by the way, I'm the director. (laughs) Anyone have any questions (laughs) for me? (laughs) The Yvette's like in the background. Yeah. So Hayden, you're right. It almost broke even in the box office. It grossed 14.6 million um, of its 15 million dollar budget. And like we already mentioned today, even though it flopped, it has like a really big cult following. People mm-hmm. are obsessed. If you Google this movie, like all of the reviews are just like raving. Like all the comments are raving. Like people are obsessed. Yeah. I wonder how the budget would have changed like had they had more of those A-list actors. Like if you had gotten Carrie Fisher to play a role in there, would the budget have been, I don't know what actors make, but like would it have gone up to like $20 million and then maybe it would have broken even because people would have been like, oh my God, let's go see the new Carrie Fisher movie. But Probably, except back then women didn't get paid their fair share of movies, so probably not as much as you would think. All right, so 73% of $5 million, whatever. Then. <laughs> 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 Sorry. All right. So obviously this movie is an homage to the board game. Uh, Clue, the movie is actually the first movie to ever come out that was based on a board game. Fun fact. Um, but there are subtle themes throughout the movie that are directly correlated to the board game. So we already mentioned the characters. I can go and, through real quick. So yeah, yeah. Mrs. Peacock. Mrs. White, Professor Plum, Mr. Green, Colonel Mustard, and Miss Scarlet. And those are the Mm -hmm. same as like the main board game character pieces in the game. Yeah. And they, you notice like immediately that they're not dressed like their characters. And I'm not entirely certain why. I couldn't really find anything on the internet that explained why they weren't dressed as their characters. Um, I mean loosely dresses their characters but like why was scarlet in turquoise she should have been in red you know like just little random things um but the cars that they arrived in were the colors of their characters so like the cars were used as the game pieces here Hmm, and yeah the flooring in the house is the same squares as the the clue board Mm. and fun fact about the the house to uh, most of the filming was not done in the house. The only filming that was done in the house was the ballroom. Everything else was like sets that were created. So weird. You're not actually in it a was house. Convincing. <laughs> I believe. Yeah, they yeah. They did house. a really good job. Yeah, they did it like in the studio. Like mm-hmm. they built. At they Paramount built it Pictures. as like a studio. Cool. Yeah. And um, I like had something else to say about the house, but I can't remember. Oh, well, what did we'll y'all think of it. like the shot of the first shot of the house? Like when Oh my god, was- it looked like the uh, Scooby Doo <laughs> intro. Like Count Dracula. Yeah, like the lightning flashing behind it. I was literally like this is like the start of an episode of Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did look it up. They might have gotten an idea from that cuz Scooby Doo came out in like the 60s <clears throat> and so mm. had 20 years of lore to build off of. There you go. Um Another, so it was a real house though. Yeah, um, it was a mansion in South Pasadena, California. But I think for that like first shot, they altered it a little bit. Like they painted, they did some sort of like weird painting thing in it. Um, and that's why it looks so like post production. I don't know or... exactly what they did, but 
it I think it it looked really fake. Like when I first saw it, like I was like, what is this? Like <laughs> this is about to be the craziest movie I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I like when they pulled up. I think it was like the first goofy thing or one of the first goofy things. They like, pull up, look at the house, stop. And she's like, why did you stop? And he's like, the car is frightened. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. what? <laughs> so... <laughs> on Wikipedia, it says exterior shots of Pasadena Mansion were enhanced with matte paintings to make the house appear much larger. These were executed hmm. by matte artist Sid Dutton in consultation with Albert Whitlock. So I think they like took the shots and they painted on them. The things that they used exactly to do. <laughs> what it looked like, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, before we move off of the house, so for all of our TV show lovers out there this mansion was also used in murder she wrote alias and mm-hmm. dynasty so if you watch any of those shows you might have recognized it or because of this weird painting that they did maybe you didn't recognize it but it's the same house and then also like courtney said it's located in south pasadena and it was built by a man named paul revere williams and he's actually the first black architect admitted to the american institute of architects which is pretty cool the house was destroyed in a fire in 2005. In 2005. <laughs> yeah. And it's still like the lot's still empty. They haven't done anything with it. Wow. But pretty neat. Um, okay. So the next two items that are like straight out of the board game are pretty cool in my opinion. So for one, there's a lot of scenes where the players are struggling to get past each other to go through doorways or hallways. Oh. And the reason that they did this is because in the game, the rules say that players can't move past each other if they're in a doorway. So that's pretty cool. That. That's funny. <laughs> and then all the secret passageways mentioned in the movies go between the same rooms as they do in the board games. Hmm. So they I like <laughs> both of those elements. I thought they were pretty funny. Yeah. Especially yeah, like they, were they can't get past each other part. Um, <laughs> I thought that was really cute. Yeah, it was good. At first, like when I first saw it, I thought maybe they were like being too suspicious of each other and like not wanting one to go before the other. But I think it was maybe a little bit of both. With I mean, I think that. that's how they played it out in the movie. But I, I mm-hmm. don't I thought it was well done. I was going to say, too, like the being suspicious of one another, like when they're like, we got to split up into pairs and search the house and all of them are like split into (laughs) pairs. And like if one of us will be with the murderer and get killed and I'm like, okay, so go in threes. Like, why why do you have to go in (laughs) pairs? Like, It's such a weird like, damn, I guess it's right. Like we got to go two by two like animals on the ark. It's the only option. I believe Scarlet's up. And I was thinking, too, like. There's going to be a murderer, but that doesn't mean like the other person can't also like attack and defend themselves. Yeah, like you just got to be you know defenseless. I mean? Like, oh, guess that's the murder. <laughs> Here's my demise. That's it. <laughs> it was that was another part that I was like, this is like very Scooby Doo. Like mm-hmm. we're going to split up and search for clues, and like the way they paired off, it was one man and one woman <laughs> in each group. Like, funny how that worked. And like Scooby Doo is kind of like, all right, the 80s it had to be that way. <laughs> Shaggy Scooby Velma, like you go search the morgue, like. Fred and Daphne, like, we're going to go search the bedroom in Fifty Shades of the Playroom. It's too much. <laughs> Fred comes back with his ascot all furled. Disheveled. <laughs> yeah. We didn't find anything, but we're going to go look again. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So before we, like, talk more about the movie, I want to do a little like fun moment so i have a question for both of you and you already had it so you should have an answer to this (laughs) um (laughs) zero thought into this until this moment (laughs) which character is your favorite character and you can give like a brief description of why and hayden i'll let you go first because i know you're prepared (laughs) sure yeah i'll let courtney think my (laughs) favorite character i really liked yvette the maid of course yeah yeah, and not for the reason you think. I like her <laughs> because her character, I think, is just like everyone's a ridiculous character in this, but hers is just like the most ridiculous from like her costume to her mannerisms, just like what she does. Like I brought it up earlier, but like our introduction to her, like after her just like carrying glasses around and 
being mm-hmm. in her weird maid outfit is like her just like sitting in the billiards room, like listening to a tape recorder. And then she just starts screaming. Like what in the world is up with that? Like what a weird character. So she was like right up my alley for like, she's dressed weird, acting weird. Like that's what I look for in a movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So mine was Mrs. White, who's played by Madeline Kahn in this movie. Yeah. And she's the one who's the widow of a nuclear physicist, an illusionist, and three other men. And so she's had like five or so husbands. And And they've all had suspicious disappearances. Yeah. I think she just gives me like, I don't know, like uh, Evelyn Hugo vibes. um, And I just think she's kind of a badass. Like she's just running through men. And so. Mm Mm-hmm. I like. Yeah. I thought her character was weird, like super weird, mm-hmm. and I liked that. Yeah. So Madeline Kahn was like super, super popular when this movie came out. She was like a very popular comedian or comic, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it. But when she was cast for this role, originally Mrs. White like didn't have any speaking parts. But when she was cast for the role, um, they like revamped that character and gave her more speaking parts and her like weird monologue thing fiery moment at the end in one of the endings is like completely ad-libbed like she just like Mm -hmm. went off script and just like Mm -hmm. started talking and i like the moments when you feel like her brain is glitching and then she just starts like talking about like random shit and you're like fire fire on the face fire (laughs) you're like what's wrong with you lady (laughs) Um, so my favorite character, this should not be a surprise to anyone, was, was Mrs. Scarlet. And I just liked how she was just like, never, she never tried to act like she was something different than what she was. She was like, yeah, I run a brothel and you've mm-hmm. been to the brothel and you're connected to the brothel. So like, who wants to come at me? Um, but yeah, I just liked her. I thought she was funny. So. Um, the next question I have is if you were one of the characters, which one would you be? I think my answer doesn't change, Mrs. White. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mine does. I, I don't necessarily want to be that. You don't want to be the maid? I don't know. She'd be she'd be fun to be. But in this specific <laughs> scenario. Would she? Yes. She's sexualized by every man. <laughs> You've she never explored her best. <laughs> I think Wadsworth would be the one to be just because like yeah. he clearly knew like at any given time he it felt like he knew like at least 80% of what was going on when other characters yeah. knew nothing going on presumably <laughs> like he always knew something so mm-hmm. I don't know I, I just feel like he was probably safest no matter what just because he knew more than everyone else yeah I think that's a smart answer I would be Mr. Green really of course because he makes it out unscathed at the end he's one of the good guys in the third let's say in one ending that's the final ending they're all three options no because at the before the third ending they say this is what really happened i guess i don't know i think that's a fine many is gonna have sex with his wife (laughs) Okay, so Courtney is Mrs. White, Hayden is Wadsworth, and I'm Mr. Green, but who would you want your partner to be? Oh, 100% Mrs. White. Really? Yeah, because like, okay, so let's just say (laughs) everyone has an equal chance of being like the murderer, and there's a single murderer. There's like a, I don't remember how many people there are, one in eight chance that Miss White's the murderer there. But there's uh-huh. like a hundred percent chance that Miss White killed like all of her husbands. So like, <laughs> assuming she's not the murderer, but that's also true. Like, she'll be able to defend me because she's killed before. Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> but there's also that slim chance that like, probably not slim. Like, she's killed a lot of guys before. She's probably killing everyone in the house today. So I don't know. Oh, R- risk you okay. have to take. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was gonna say Mr. Green because like. And I know at the end he comes out as like an undercover FBI agent, but throughout the movie to me, he gives like the least uh, threatening vibes. Like Mm -hmm. he seems like very innocent. And so (laughs) I would have suspected that he was not the murderer and that's who I would have wanted to go with. Mm -hmm. 
I would take Mrs. Peacock because I think she's just a who and a half. And like, what are the odds that she's going to do something like slim? She, was she seems like straight dumb. Like I would have no issue going with her. Like she's just yeah. like, okay, I'll smart you lady. See, that's, she actually like before I had a solid answer for who I wanted, like my answer in my head was anyone but Miss Peacock. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, she is so odd. Like right at the start, like right after Mr. Body <laughs> mm-hmm. died, like I talk about Yvette starts screaming, like she's like sipping on cognac and she's like, oh my God, I'm poisoned. It just like freaks out. I'm like, that is unhinged. Like there's like a screw loose in your head. I don't want to be alone with you. <laughs> Even if you're not the murderer, yeah. you might snap and murder me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's a little cuckoo. <laughs> no goofy. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the movie a little bit. So it starts out with Mr. Wadsworth like bringing in all the people that come up in their cars. They get introduced. It's like pretty, I don't know, like there's not a lot happening. It's kind of slow at the beginning. Um, but then like Mr. Body arrives and the whole movie like shifts. So mm-hmm. now it's like a murder mystery. Yeah. It also goes like, when he arrives, it starts the transition, but it goes from like suspicious to silly. Like it goes mm-hmm. from being like, ooh, what's going on to this like tweedledee, tweedledum, everybody running around like crazy people kind of thing. Um, I thought it was hilarious how quickly the dinner went. Like yes. they like sat down and like had two courses Slurped in five minutes, and then they're like, "All right, <laughs> yeah. like join us for after dinner drinks in the study." Like now that you're done with dinner, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I don't think anybody wanted to eat. I think that was the yeah. the vibe. Like everybody was like, "I don't want to eat any of the food coming out of this weird kitchen with yeah. that lady with the knives." And then we learned at the end it was like, what was it? Like brain of some kind. A monkey brain. Monkey brain. Yeah. Okay. It, that was like one of the things that I was like, how are we supposed to know that? Like, that's just like a random fact you brought up in like the conclusion that was somehow like seen as supporting evidence for whatever the ending actually well, was. But I was like, how would you I ever mean, know that? Mrs. Peacock does like she's at this home that she's never been to supposedly and immediately says like, oh, this is my favorite recipe. Like, what is it? How do you know what it is? Fair. Like. That's true. How did you decide that this was your favorite recipe? Like, are you just saying that? Or like, is it actually? I don't know. I don't think it matters truly like what meal it is. I think it just matters that she was like, oh, this is my favorite recipe. And it's like, hmm, is it now? Fair enough. (laughs) Did y'all notice the soundtrack at all kind of going with that shift from like suspicious to silly? I didn't really pay much attention to it. But. I didn't either. I have no recollection of the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was fabulous. It's so they used both like real like recordings of classical songs and they also like synthesized them. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, there's a lot of well, for one, there's like lightning and thunder and mm-hmm. the music like kind of goes along with what's going on. So any every time like somebody new arrives, like you get this like da you know kind of like oh my god what's happening and then there's like the shift to silly where it's like madam butterfly and i mean they don't actually use that song but it's like that esque where okay i've i've heard this before used in a silly capacity and it just sounds silly so the whole movie is made kind of silly i think So they use like weird angles and like all these random Mm close-ups and um, they also pay a lot of attention to all the little tiny details throughout. Um, There's so many little things where like if you you actually noticed them or like were paying attention to them, you'd be like, wow, that was so like neat, like how they put that much attention to detail within. Mm -hmm. So there's two moments – Um, Like, looking back on the movie, like, after knowing, like, what happens and how everyone's connected that are, that, like, stood out to me, like, when they made the connection, I was like, oh, yeah, that happened. So, one was Mrs. Peacock when she says, like, oh, this is my favorite recipe. Obviously, she knows the cook then. 
Mm-hmm. And um, when Yvette is screaming, Scarlet and Colonel Mustard immediately knew who it was, and the two of them went to comfort her. Oh. And Scarlet was her madam, and Colonel Mustard's one of her clients. So those two moments like set you up to understand that there that there's more connection there than just these people are here. Like every single person is connected in some way. You are much more perceptive than I was. I was like focusing <laughs> yeah, on the dumbest things. I was like, all right, Wadsworth <laughs> brought dog bones. Like that was like the first scene in the movie. Like what what do those bones <laughs> mean? Where did those come from? Like not paying attention to anyone's relationship. <laughs> also, Yvette and so she's like supposed to be this French maid, right? First of all, her accent is all off. And second of all, whenever she's speaking French, she's literally just saying random French words, not sentences, not things that go together, just like words that sound French. And I mean, you find out later that she's pretending, right? But it's just like little things like that throughout the movie that you pick up on or maybe like on a second watch, you would pick up on it kind of thing that are just like playfully placed. There were a lot of little witty one-liners too. <laughs> um, like the one, I think it was Miss Peacock asked if she could go to the bathroom. Oh. And she was like, wee wee. And she was like, no, no, like I'm just going to go powder my nose. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of little moments like that. And they actually like made me laugh. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's random. Because I was like trying so hard to like kind of follow the mystery and then something like that would pop up and I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I liked when, I can't remember which guy who was like, and I am going to expose myself. And he's like, sir, there's women present. <laughs> it was mustard. No, it was Wadsworth that said that. Mm-hmm. There are women present. <laughs> That's funny. I, have, I think I have all of those written down. The, when Wadsworth, there's six murders. This is getting serious. <laughs> oh, now it's getting serious. <laughs> um, I made a specific note too that every single one of the male characters was a creep. Yeah, like and not even like a little bit of a creep, like a lot of a creep. Even Mr. Green, he's supposed to be like the gay character. Even he's like weird about Yvette. Like it's so strange. All of them are just over the top typical male stereotypes creepy middle-aged men that's the 80s maybe they're just italian i don't get that claire (laughs) (laughs) italian people are just really friendly french are they into french people is that like a thing i don't don't think so i think they're just really friendly and like touchy and oh i don't think that's it no fahan was making a joke (laughs) Okay, so I think we've like talked a ton about the different endings. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. I did find a secret fourth ending that was never aired, but apparently was filmed. And so in the fourth ending, Wadsworth poisons everyone. He had at some point slipped a slow acting poison into everyone's drinks Mm. and they were all going to die. Yep. That was, was like that a, was the one that didn't air. What was like the motive in that one? Like he just wanted to like he knew that they were all, all bad people. Ends. Well, oh okay, yeah, and like he had just put them all through this where everyone in the house is dying, and now he's like, no one's gonna know about this but me. Got it. Moving that on. That one actually makes the most sense. I, I was to about me. to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and then kind of wish they had kept that in there for Mrs. Peacock's ending, the second alternate ending or the first alternate ending. Um, Originally, they had her walking out of the house and entered into a shootout with the cops in which she was shot and killed. (laughs) And they determined that that was too, like, gruesome of an ending for Mrs. Peacock. And so they had her, like, do the shouting about being a senator's wife. But if you look really closely in that scene, you can see the smoke from, like, the gunfire. From when they Because they just, like, clipped it. Yeah, that's oh. funny. I agree. I don't think that ending would have fit like with the vibe of the rest of the movie having yeah. made it end that way. Mm-hmm. She also only had one shot left, so <laughs> how much of a shootout is it? <laughs> <laughs> True. 
true. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is, did y'all know that they're making a Clue remake? Ryan It was announced. I heard it was announced, but I have not really seen like a whole much about it. Yeah. So the last couple articles I found were from fall of 2022, but Ryan Reynolds is like one of the producers. Okay. And so if you go onto IMDb, um, the only people that are listed in the cast are Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman. (laughs) So I asked y'all to like prep for a little game I want to play about casting this. Uh huh. So the first question I have for y'all is who do you think Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds are going to play in the movie? My guess, <laughs> I think Jason Bateman is going to play. I go back and forth. I think both mm-hmm. of them are either Mr. Body and Wadsworth, but I don't know which Agreed. one's which. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan Reynolds is Wadsworth and Jason Bateman is Mr. Body. I would say the opposite. I feel like Jason Bateman has that goofy look to him. He, I like can't see him as anything other than his role in Ozark since like yeah. I've seen him so many times in that. And well, he's in Arrested Development, which yeah. is like a pretty goofy sh- movie, but he plays yeah, he like- He plays like the straight-laced guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think he's going to be Mr. Body. And then I think Ryan Reynolds is like a total goof. So that's why I think he's going to play Wadsworth because Wadsworth needs to be like really goofy and like say really weird one-liners and like command all the people. And I think Ryan Reynolds has that energy. Yeah. I think either of them could play either of those roles, but I think that's probably the roles they're going to be playing. I don't think so. I think if it was switched, it'd be weird, but watch that be how it is. So. I can tell you with certainty, neither will be Colonel Mustard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I've assigned y'all some of the like rest of the cast of who you think is who. Mm -hmm. Um, So Hayden, if you want to start, I gave you Professor Plum and Miss Scarlet. And Mr. Body. Yeah, but we already talked about them. (laughs) Well, I have a different idea. I'll start with Mr. Body. (laughs) Okay. Um, So... Just because, like, in the movie, Mr. Body seemingly was like, I don't even know why I'm here. He was just kind of, like, standoffish at the start. And, like, he's like, all right, I'm done. I want to get out of here. I want to, like, play into that, like, aloof nature where he, like, truly doesn't know why he's there. And he's just hanging out. And I think Michael Sarah would do that perfectly. Just be, like, <laughs> really, like, nervous and jumpy, like, the whole time. Like, why are all these people in this house? Like, what is going on? And then he'll just die immediately. Uh, The other one that I had thought about for him that like similar but very different direction but just I think would play like the aloof like what's going on role very well would Mm -hmm. be Danny DeVito. Uh, I think he could be funny. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. He brings a very different element for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I agree with that I mean, my third (laughs) choice was Matt Speakman. So I think I'll have to go with (laughs) Michael Sarah. Um, okay. Miss Scarlet. This one I thought was interesting. What, like, given her career, I thought it would be a cool nod to a different movie if they cast Emily Browning as Miss Scarlet, because Emily Browning played Baby Doll in Sucker Punch, and mm-hmm. like was sort of theoretically a worker at that mental institution brothel that they had. So I. Thought it would be kind of cool to cast her in that role. And also, I just really like Emily Browning. Um, Fair. And then Professor Plum, you kind of touched on this. Like, he was a pervert. Like, he, he was yeah. a pervert. He was no yeah. good. The whole time. So, I think no one else would be as good to play Professor Plum as uh, U.S. gymnastics coach Larry Nasser. Hated. <laughs> <Draw. laughs> I think he really embodies who Professor Plum was as a person. Do you have an actor for oh. Professor Plum? No. no I, James I, Franco? Maybe oh, Jason James Bateman. James Franco would be really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Kind of fits that bill, too, a little bit, because he had a moment, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. No, that's actually perfect. He, he would be really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Liz. So you have Mr. Green, Colonel Mustard, and Yvette. Yeah, so for Mr. Green, the first person that came to mind was 
Leonardo DiCaprio. But I think he might be like a little bit too old now to play what? that character. He's got the like boyish thing going and he does really well with like ambiguous characters. Okay. And he's like always playing like good guy, secret good guy. He's like he's always playing that character. Um, that was my Wall first okay. screen. Well, Hayden, I haven't seen that movie. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think he's too old now. Sorry, Leonardo DiCaprio, if you're listening to the B Critics podcast, I apologize, but you are too old to play this character. And so I'm thinking like Timothy Chalamet or even I'm trying to think of the guy's name, the one that played the most recent Spider-Man. Andrew no. Garfield. No, not Tom Andrew Holland. No. Toby McGuire. Tom Holland. He's way too young. He's way too young. This like goofy, but he's supposed to be young. Like he is like the young, like captain. He's an FBI agent. He's supposed to be young. He's supposed to be undetectable. He's supposed to be like kind of strange. They, I mean, he's the one character that really hasn't committed a serious crime. He's just different. And so I think he's just supposed to be like, what did he do? He's just gay. That's it. Yeah, nothing, I don't have a good like, character for this one. I, I'm glad I didn't get this one because I was like, I have no <laughs> idea who he should be. I have a perfect character for him, but I can't remember what his name is. He's in. Um, God, what is he in? I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. Yeah. So for Colonel Mustard, I wanted to go with Seth Rogen. Um, okay. Because I think he's like portly enough and then also he just like has that air about him that he could be like oh mummy and daddy's money from the war like i don't know and that would work well with the james franco cast <laughs> yeah, they go they work really well together in movies i was thinking uh, for him one, uh like going to kicking and screaming i think mike ditka could play a pretty good oh my god <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah you know who else could play um, Colonel Mustard is Nick Offerman. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot I think that could slot in really well to his role, just frankly, yeah. because of like portly, assertive Colonel guy. Like, there's a lot of big, funny actors that could fit into that role. <laughs> I think Rob Lowe could play Mr. Green. Yeah. He would be. You good. know who would, I'm like going back to Mr. Green. You know who I think would actually be like a really good Mr. Green? Who? Childish Gambino. No. I think he would do a really good job in that role. His character in Atlanta, the TV show, is like very similar to Mr. Green's. I like him okay. better than any of your other ones for that role. I, I think <laughs> yeah. I think that could be good. You know who I immediately thought of? This is who I wanted to say before is Jack McBriar. I have McBriar. no idea who that is. He plays Kenneth in 30 Rock. Oh like my the god. Gay <laughs> man. Wouldn't he be perfect? He he's could, like yeah, I, he could slot. He's one of those two that I feel like he could slot in as like Wadsworth. He could slot in as like any Mister Body. I don't know. He yeah, he could. <laughs> he would fit like this the vibe of this movie like so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the last one I had is Yvette, and I have two options for Yvette. Okay. The first one, and I don't know if I'm being influenced by the Barbie movie coming out, but I think Margot Robbie would play a really good French maid. Yeah, And then the second one, and this is like kind of a nod to the movie that's coming up next week, but Emily Ratajkowski could also play this character very well. Yeah. If you look up, um, there's a lot of like on the internet, people's like proposed casting or like the ones that the cult following wants to be and they mm-hmm. all pick Jennifer Lawrence as this role which that's I don't, weird I think is weird I don't think it fits very well no. I could see her as like Mrs. Peacock or Miss Scarlet but not Yvette yeah yeah kind of weird um so I did Mrs. Peacock and Mrs. White and Wadsworth but Wadsworth I think is Ryan Reynolds so I don't think there's a different character that I want to put in that one other than I think Jimmy Fallon like looks like um, <laughs> Wadsworth. He like looks like Tim Curry to me and that's why I kept like imagining. But Mrs. Peacock, I said Polly Walker. Who's don't that? Know who she is. 
She mm-hmm. plays Lady Portia Featherington in the Bridgerton series. She has like the same like big orange curly hair and like pompous vibe. So I thought she was good. I'm and then oh, I okay. could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that show is like a little bit goofy too. And so I think she would play the vibe kind of well. Mm-hmm. And then for Mrs. White, I was like very unsure about this one. But I said Michelle Fairley. I don't know who that is either. She plays Catelyn Stark in Game of Thrones. Oh, I could see that. Uh, the mom? Mm-hmm. I see Mrs. White was giving me Edna Mode vibes. Like Yeah, me too, but I don't like that's an animated character. So <laughs> Hayden and I were talking that potentially Mia Goth could be a really good Mrs. White because she plays like the alternative character really well. I'm so preferential to anything Mia Goth, though. <laughs> yeah, she could do it for sure. We like Mia Goth. Yeah. Go watch X if you haven't seen it. I have not seen that. It's cool. <laughs> but I hope that this remake actually gets made into a, a movie because I think a modern version of this movie would be good. Um, I've read a lot mm-hmm. of places that like Knives Out is the modern version of clue which i just don't think is true i think it's a little bit different like i think it's a modern version off. of this movie would be more similar to how this movie actually is made yeah mm-hmm. knives out is like too much of a real movie it's too good like this one's it's like, like a legitimate like murder mystery <laughs> this movie knows exactly what it is it's not trying to be anything yeah. else like it's goofy yeah it's based this on movie- a board game like come on. <laughs> well this movie to me is a kid's movie it's like a family it's movie, PG, yeah. like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, well, like, it could this is be. not a movie that I would be interested in the same way that I would be in Knives Out. Mm-hmm. It would be really neat if they did like an animated version of this movie. Like, I think that would go really well. Like how Super Mario. I feel like that would be too close to just regular old Scooby-Doo if you did an animated version. Yeah, that's I mean, they could use the Scooby-Doo animators and like have it be. There's been a lot of TV shows that have done like Clue episodes. Mm -hmm. Like Psych did a Clue episode. Um, I'm like blanking on which other ones. But there's been a lot of, I think like CSI did a Clue episode. Um, but anyway, there's been a lot of TV shows. I think it's a great idea. Like, it's it's really cool. It's fun. It's different. People like it. Yeah. I mean, so. I didn't know much going into it, but I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about our ratings. Yeah, Hayden. We, we can do that. <laughs> let's give you a rating. So as a reminder, we rate all of our movies through Letterboxd, zero to five stars. So I gave it three and a half stars which I'm wow. like a pretty tough critic. Like if you look at my letterbox rating. Yeah, that's very impressive yeah, for you. Yeah, they're usually pretty low. And it was just because like the goofiness of it, like is it like a high quality movie like when viewed against other movies like we talked about Knives Out? Like no, it's not like that caliber of movie. But but I, it did make you laugh out loud it, like it multiple did. times. And it's because <laughs> I think it it commits to what it is. Like it commits to the goofiness. It's like, Mm-hmm. not accidental goofiness it's like very intentional like the one-liners are really funny like just the concepts of it like why did j edgar hoover call the phone in the middle of the movie like what in the world like that's a real person <laughs> um, so i i thought the goofiness of it was like what really made it a cool movie so i gave it three and a half stars Aww. okay liz well i was gonna say court you can go next oh I gave this movie one and a half stars. Not my vibe wow. at all. <laughs> yeah, I I paused this movie like so many times and would just go like do other stuff because I was like bored. And then like it is older the- and slower. I could see that. Yeah, it moved. The pace is so slow. The only reason it got that like half star is because there were a lot of like witty one liners that I thought were really funny. Like at the very end when Mr. Green goes like, and now I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. I laughed out loud at that part. I was like, wow, that is so funny. Um, and so there were like little gems like that. But for like the most part, I was like, I'm so confused. I don't know what's happening. Like this is boring and slow. And I just would prefer this as a board game. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Um, I also don't think like um, 
I hate like like slapstick comedy. And there was a lot of like them doing like fake fighting, actual slapping. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't think that's funny at all. So that that like kind of works against this movie for me. That is a good point. We didn't bring it up, and we don't need to talk about it. But like when they did like the poking the eye thing. (laughs) And like he was that like was five awful. inches from like touching his eyes. I was like, was oh so my god! Awful. <laughs> so like, I can't I, get past that in movies at all. Like that's terrible. I do have something to say about those moments. So okay. there's a lot of moments where something bad is happening, or there's like violence being committed against two characters, where it's very obvious that it's not actually happening. Mm-hmm. And. That's like not how all movies from that time are made. There are movies who did a really good job showing that and making it believable. This movie is not one of them. Yeah, and I there's think it's a purposeful. reason for that. It's for it's kids. Not, well, it's not purposeful. So okay. the director, Lynn, was coming off of another movie where there had been an accident and three people had died on set because Ooh. they got too close doing – I can't remember – um, but you can, I mean, you can look it up and three people had died on set. And so he didn't want to risk anyone getting injured on his set. And so a lot of them, like, even with the chandelier falling, like you see one scene where he's like standing directly under it and cut scene, he's like five feet away from the chandelier. They didn't want anything being remotely close. And the director has said to like, like I went too far, but I was not willing to risk the safety of my actors and actresses to get the shot right. So that's what happened there. That's why a lot of those look so fake. And I think they kind of played into it and made it mm-hmm. more like more look fake um, just because it already didn't look right. But that that is why a lot of those look that way, because the director was just being overly cautious. <laughs> it was my cousin Vinny. Yeah, my cousin Vinny, three people died. And it was like a big deal. Oh, no, just kidding. So. It's not that movie. That one came out after Clue. Ignore me. They, they, people just die in My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> like in the movie. Three people like actually <laughs> died, like lost their lives, not in the movie, like real. So what was your rating, Elizabeth? Oh, I, okay. I really wanted to give this four stars. I really wanted to, but it falls somewhere between a three and a half and a four. So I aired three and a half. I gave it three and a half stars. Um, I thought it was super fun. I agree the beginning was pretty slow, um, but I felt like there was enough comedy sprinkled in like Wadsworth stepping in the dog poop and then like everyone he interacted with would like sniff around and check their shoes, thought they stepped in the dog poop and like like all these like little things that I was like, okay, you're like keeping me engaged. Like I like this. The characters were likable. I thought um, based on the way that the director wanted the movie to be portrayed, the actors and actresses did a great job. Um, I thought some of the cinematography was meh, which is why I didn't jump into that four-star realm. But overall, it was really good, especially for the time period. And I I, I don't think I'm going to watch it again anytime soon, but I did really enjoy it. And it brought me back to like, when I was like planning for and then like actually executing this murder mystery dinner party that we did, like it's just fun and there's something for everybody in it. And I think it can just be appreciated by like a wide audience. So three and a half stars is pretty good. I honestly cannot believe y'all rated this so highly. Like just saying, I feel like this is one of those movies where like you either hate it or you're like a cult lover and it's like, you either do one star or like four to five stars. Like I feel like there shouldn't be this like in between oh, it's, space that y'all are existing in. For me, it's only because it has the weirdness and like that's kind of just yeah. like prerequisite to being a movie that I'm going to enjoy. Like if there wasn't the weirdness, <laughs> this would probably be like a half star for me. The, yeah. the weirdness was slightly entertaining. I was kind of like, who wrote this movie? Like it's so strange. Multiple people, which is probably why it's a little bit disjointed. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about what the real critics think. So the letterbox average is 3.8 out of 5. So we're all below that, but it seems like letterbox users appreciate the movie. The tomato meter is slightly lower. It's got a 69% um, from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. And then the audience score from Rotten Tomatoes is 86%. Mm-hmm. Um, IMDb gave it a 7.2 out of 10 and then 85% of Google users liked the movie. So I think like overall it's a well-appreciated movie, 
but it doesn't really jump into that like everybody loves this it's a great movie genre it's got good ratings and good reviews but I think like you're saying Courtney it's got the cult classic feel and people stick to their guns when it comes to those movies yeah if I think if you go on Rotten Tomatoes there's like this option to pick like I don't know what the word is like exclusive critics or like the the higher tier critics and if you pick them the rating goes to like 15 percent like I'm pretty sure like this movie is like a ton of people that are cult followers that rate it like super highly. And so that's what all the reviews online are. They're just like raving. Oh my God, this is so funny, so witty. And then you have like the select few that take the time to watch this movie and give it like 10%. And they're like, okay. And that's that's why you land at this like 70% on all these rating places because you have that dichotomy. I don't know. I think you can't, you can't, say that it's like objectively a bad movie i think it's definitely classic there's so many movies like this that people enjoy and so i think we just have to i think I it's know. objectively bad but i think that's part of the charm. <laughs> yeah i i agree i think it's objectively bad and this type of movie is not for me but liz i'm glad you enjoyed it <laughs> okay so i think it is time to wrap up and say goodbye to hayden so hayden Thank you so, so much for joining. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. I had a great time talking about Clue. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Aiden. Bye, guys. All right. Now it's time for us to say goodbye to all of you. Thanks for sticking around to the end and honestly, just for tuning in. Uh, be sure to leave us a rating or review, drop a comment on YouTube, and leave us an answer to our poll and Q&A section on Spotify. You can find more information about the podcast and our whole podography on our website, becritics.com, or find links to all the things on our link tree in the episode show notes. Next week, we're going to be talking about Gone Girl, which is a totally different style of murder mystery film that goes even more into the dark comedy space. Plus, it also has a female antagonist, which is pretty badass. Agreed. So be sure to subscribe or follow so you don't miss it. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. All right. Bye, guys. We'll see you all next Monday. Bye, guys. Bye.